Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill, and these are Jill's Journals Out Loud. And I am recording this early on, I believe today is Thursday, April 6, 2023. And as you can see from the picture and the title, this is hopefully, well, it's technically going to be my last fire. It is the last time I am making a fire because uh, I hopefully will get warm enough I don't need it, and I also need to pull it down because I can't drive with the, the stove pop up through the roof there. So thought I would take a picture of my last fire uh, of trying to use up all my wood, and I wanted to just have a chat, so I thought we would call this our fireside chat. And uh, the truth is, is I've had like 65,000 different ideas that I wanted to talk about in this podcast. So if this is your first time, technically we talk about this idea of called wired for danger, meaning that your primary default nervous system in response to danger, intense danger, not, you know, I don't know which thing to choose and I'm pissed off kind of danger. Intense danger is to run towards it, to fight, to flood your sympathetic nervous system and push on into doing something you probably, if you were thinking about it, wouldn't do. My theory is that we all have a primary default nervous system, not as a right or wrong, good or bad, but I was interested in it as a way to understand why so many of us who are on frontline, first responder, warrior, soldier kind of people are having so much trouble recovering in terms of our current treatment models. Because technically, uh, I'm a therapist and a social worker, but I don't actively practice anymore. I've spent quite a bit of time learning the art of survival uh, and not really enjoying it anymore. So uh, hopefully at a practical level uh, that resonates in a little tiny bit. If it does, there's lots of previous podcasts that talk about these ideas in more detail. And instead of calling it fight, flight, freeze, because we all remember have all three responses to every situation. We're in constant motion with our nervous system dancing between our sympathetic and our parasympathetic So we can all take a deep breath, turn on our parasympathetic, making it a little bit easier for us to relax and listen. Because I said as I opened, let's just have a chat because it is overwhelming. There is so much information out there. Uh, You know, what my initial plan had been to talk about in the last podcast, I spoke to the ideas of... Uh, grief, loss, and depression. And I don't, doesn't seem like it resonated with too many people because if you're not actively feeling any of those things, then there's a tendency to not want to be interested in them. Uh, But after that, I was uh, listening, the phone decided to work. Uh, I have limited uh, Wi-Fi data capabilities with my phone, sometimes, you know, between 3 and 5 a.m. when the sun is up. Uh, and I had, I like to run audio in the background when I can, when I'm futzing around in the mornings. And so uh, I had, Do- Ben Davidson had a uh, live chat on. It was the recorded version. And uh, he's been overproducing. I've stopped listening to him because he's got so much content out there. I can't absorb it all. And for those of you who don't know Ben Davidson, his channel is Suspicious Observers. And he's part of this idea of what the sun is doing, uh, what the changes in the, the whole cosmos are, especially our solar system, and an upcoming uh, cl- 
cataclysmic event triggered by cosmic forces. Uh, there's a couple theories, but regardless, every 12,000 years we have a catastrophe. And I've talked about that. I've talked about the changing solar climates and things like that. And uh, within the context of the, his video, he touched again on this idea, and I haven't talked about this in a long time, but it was related to the po last podcast, is how both the sun and the cosmic rays alter our brain and that in turn creates mental and emotional instability. And uh, he then produced another video, which I was going to post, but now I'm not because I'm kind of moving past all this. I want to talk about it in a broader context. But that there are specific things. Uh, you can become more emotionally dysregulated, meaning you have trouble keeping it together uh, in times of stress. Uh, you can have less... The, the, the untechnical term is dumbing down. You can have trouble uh, processing information. Things aren't working as well. But if you look into the history books, it's fascinating. I, I, I was trying to remember the name of this guy. For a while, I was really interested in what was happening uh, with the solar cycles. And I you know started to talk about the uh, grand solar minimum and things like that. But uh, I kind of lost interest because the science isn't my area of expertise or my real interest because as in his hour plus podcast, almost every question is where is it safe for me to go or look how smart I am in terms of being prepared. Those are sort of the two energies, you know, that come through uh, on these as we move closer and closer to our crisis point that um I sort of checked out of that process. But uh, there was a guy who came up with a book. He sent it to me before he had printed it in a PDF format. And it was so interesting. I didn't read the whole thing, but it was just chock full. He's from Eastern Europe somewhere. References of how in our historical past, this period of time is accompanied by massive consciousness changes, meaning uh, there's a lot of destabilization emotionally. Uh, there's a lot of pro uh, what we would call common sense destabilization. There's a complete mirroring of all the things that were happening around us that we're uh, being told are being conditioned, and they are because we're having hormone disruptions, we're having electromagnetic frequency disruptions, but a lot of this same stuff has happened in history before at this time. It's part of whatever goes on at a cosmic level that we don't really understand because, you know, we are just limited in our understanding of things. And so we try to, you know, label it and call it a name and a part of the brain and a frequency and a brain wave so we can feel better about it. Uh, and I've been part of that process ever since I figured out hormones and neurotransmitters and nutrition, all these things that affect how we think, how we feel, our health. It's all just interrelated in ways that we will never understand. Uh, I will just cut to the bottom line. At the end of the day, if even when you know every single thing there is to know about all of us, we have a blueprint and a design to survive in this world. And so trying to think that there's something smarter than the way we are designed to operate in this world, not as we experience it now, but on the ground, outside, eating off the land. That's how we're wired. That's, that is our prime way to be healthy and happy. We are so far from that. We're so disruptive from that. We have no concept of what it would even feel like 
to feel good in that way. So we're at a huge deficit, not even including all the crazy things that are happening to us physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually right now. But the point being is that we can constantly try to look for causes that are creating effects. But right now we're just throwing darts. People or humans are throwing darts at a lot of different causes. And at the end of the day, we're still trying to manage how to deal with the effects. And to me, that's been the more interesting observation is, you know, my journey has been to what is the truth and truth is cause. And so you have to keep peeling back the layers of what we think the cause is. And that is an onion that we never finish peeling. We will never understand cause at the absolute purest form because our little human brains cannot physically contain the abstractions of all that is. And if you think you can, then you know there's immediately a problem. So we will never fully understand, but we can get closer and closer and closer and we can experience more and make us, that can allow us to have greater understanding, but it doesn't change the effects. And the, uh, cause the other thing that I've noticed with him and then with someone else, they're both young men, were railing against anybody who showed any kind of mental weakness. And that is like a huge wired for danger thing, right? Because you are wired with a flood of, of adrenaline and powerful hormones and neurotransmitters that make you feel invincible. And everybody else is weak because they don't have that same flood in, in them in the same way often. And so... There's a lot of suck it up and get over it, especially with men and bravada and uh, I'm powerful. Why aren't you powerful? Shame on you. Uh, And so the flip side of that, and this is kind of where I got interested in all this on my own, is that with any great high comes a great low. But they will never show you that part of themselves because the image is this big flood push you know, I'm powerful, I'm strong, I'm right. Uh, and all of that need to be like that publicly and to put other people down, it comes from frustration about what's happening and why aren't we doing anything. I mean, it's fascinating to watch ourselves march, march off a cliff and just sit around and do it. It's, it's been breathtaking. I never would have thought this is the way all things happen, but they do and they repeat through history. And it also comes from an intense rejection of any internal weakness. And so there's a whole psychology to it. And I, you know, I go back and forth and I'm like, I, I, you know, I don't want to keep explaining these things. I keep explaining these things. Uh, Nobody's asking me to explain these things. And do we care about these things? And it goes back to the, to the real crux of listening, uh, you know, kind of superficially, I wasn't listening at a deep level to, the response to his his Q&A, almost every question is, where can I go to be safe, right? And so we really, really don't care about stuff until it happens to us. And that's just the way we are. It's just who we are. And right now, there's so many things happening to so many people and so many different ways. It's overwhelming. Uh, You know, I'm doing the same thing. I'm listening. I'm listening to 
for timelines. I'm trying to understand, you know, when is the timeline when it's it, whatever it is, is going to happen, which other than, you know, the sun going boom, the great cataclysm or the great magnetic shift or whatever, you know, great boom that we think we're listening for, most of this stuff is just incremental. Now we have isolated periods. I'm laughing because I was listening. I read a short thing by a guy who was in the tornadoes. He was speaking from a prepper perspective. And he his comment about the tornado experience was how fast it happened and how many things he thought he was prepared for that he wasn't prepared for. And it wasn't too long after that, I've been in a series of mangling myself. And so I cut my finger. And you know, when you cut your fingers, they because I was being careless and I wasn't focused, like I keep saying, you have to be so vigilant, especially when you're on your own in survival mode. Because one little injury, right, is the end of you. And uh, I cut a finger, unfortunately, it was, it's the forefinger on my right hand, the one that you do everything with, you know. So, uh, and the worst part why I kept thinking was I was just getting ready to wash my hair. And so I basically cut the pad of my finger off and it was just hanging, you know, by a, a, a thread and it was so bloody. I don't even, I still don't even know what's wrong with it. But, but the point being is that I'm squirting, gushing blood everywhere, right? I got two white dogs. I got a hand that's spewing blood and I need to stop the bleeding. And I'm like, Oh crap, where's my first aid stuff? Now, luckily uh, I had two pads because one of the boy dog had a cut I had been working on. And so I had a few things out, but I was having that same experience as the prepper guy, like, shit, you know, you should really have your first aid things where they are. You shouldn't be looking for your first aid supplies while you're dripping blood all over everything you own. <laughs> it's all over my clothes. It's all over my house. So it's everywhere at this point, right? And so... And then I had this other thought, like I'm trying to fix my right hand and my scissors, I'm trying to cut bandages and things, they're right-handed scissors. I'm like, well, there's a thought I never thought about. Boy, you should, if you're alone, you should have left-handed scissors if you're right-handed, because if your right hand is injured, you can't cut with your left hand. I, so there's all these little things that happen to us uh, at the big macro level, as we're watching the bank crap out, at the micro level, like... Uh, why don't I have basic first aid supplies where I can freaking find them? Because in that crisis, in that moment, it just happens. And I don't have time to think about it. I just need it. I, I don't have any ability to, and none of us do. And so we're in this really interesting place where we're trying to prepare for every eventuality and at the same time, it doesn't matter how prepared you think you are, you can never be 100%. In the same way, listening to these two young men talk about how they have to push mentally and be strong and fight any kind of anxiety and fight any kind of in insecurity or depression. And, and that's, you know, you've heard me talk about that repeatedly, is that that's all that push, 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 push. And the reality is, is you cannot endure indefinite push you will crash you will crash you will crash and when we see other people crash and we are push people oftentimes we get mad at them because it's really about us we feel that crash coming i can push i can do more and the other thing that happens and a lot of you will appreciate this is yeah when you're 30 and even 40s 
even 50s, you can push, you can keep getting better, you can keep getting stronger. But there comes a point where you start to slip backwards. And it isn't personal failure, there's a whole reason in our whole human development for that experience. And it becomes just one more stress realizing, uh, you know, I'm not going to get stronger, I'm not going to get faster, I'm not going to get more in a time when things are crumbling around us. And that's true for a big chunk of the population. And then you've got you know, people who are like, you're useless, you're useless. And so there's all these things that are swirling and shifting. And, uh, and, and that was one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about last week, you know, the grief, the loss, the depression of it all. Because if you're not having moments of overwhelm, of stress, of, of uh, you know, then you're either in a really good spot or, you know, you might be pushing it away so hard that you're setting yourself up for a humongous crash. And one of the best things we can be and do for each other is to not be condemning or judgmental or punishing because somebody else is acting in a way that we don't think is appropriate for whatever's happening around us. And at the same time, you know, I was really thinking about all this sun stuff and how uh, there was even, I didn't read the book, uh, but there was even what, the, I think they called it the dancing plague, but these people were they just would literally go out and dance until they died. Like something came over them and they couldn't stop moving and they just moved. They called it dancing until they died. And there's so many things we just don't understand. And it's really scary when it happens to you. In the same way, you know, as I cut my hand, I thought, crap, what if I had cut it in a way that was life-threatening, right? If it got infected, uh, you know, and I didn't have uh, the ability to go get it fixed or I didn't have, you know, uh, antibiotics or whatever. You know, most people die of things not uh, that you don't like. The, the infection is one of the number reasons and disease are the number reason are the most important, uh, not important, I'm sorry. <sighs> Let me just slow down. Uh, if you look at what happens when you have systemic fails, people are always afraid of getting shot. But most people die from disease, uh, you know, like dehydration because they have, uh, you know, cholera, typhoid, or these other diseases, or from like an accident like this. They get an infection in a cut and they don't have the antibiotics to treat it. And so they die of something extremely simple and fixable in today's world. So we don't think about it you know, in terms of the power of soap. Soap is more important than bullets, really, at the end of the day. You're more likely to die of an infection. Uh, but there's so much we can't control, and there's so many things that are being spewed at us. I was trying to imagine what it would have been like to having, uh, you know, one of these 
periods of time where everything is crazy and destructive without the internet, without communication, uh, and how different it would have been because you wouldn't have this relentless onslaught of information. You wouldn't be having this blow by blow by blow uh, process leading up to uh, whatever it is we're afraid that's going to happen because there's so many things you know that could be happening. Uh, and in the same way, I was thinking about watching so many people in our public square. Uh, I don't watch any of the traditional media anymore. So in terms of politicians or actors or uh, mainstream reporters, uh, but just in terms of the off. Uh, the alternative off-label people, you know, people like me just out there, how so many people are responding as a character, uh, as a, uh, a way of mimicking, I think, who we've been culturally created to, to believe is real events. You know, when we watch history channels or we watch movies, we create this idea of how we think things were. Uh, and one of the things that always comes back to me is how underwhelming real stuff is, right? If you watch like real actual uh, war footage, it's really slow and it's very unexciting versus, you know, when you go to a movie and it's just noise and pressure, pressure, pressure. And, and you know, I'm always taken away by real footage in that it's just so underwhelming. And who would we be in terms of trying to be leaders if the only people we had were, you know, our mythology, our stories that were told, but also watching the people around us? And and that would be our frame of reference of how we wanted to be and how we wanted to act in the world. And I'm not saying it was good because people have just done horrific things to people, you know, since our recorded history. So I'm not saying there are good examples. I'm just saying it would be interesting to see the differences because we've been, uh, whether we want to believe it or not, we have been conditioned uh, to believe certain things that in reality won't be the experience because it just doesn't work that way. But I'm seeing it with a lot of people in the public eye. They're acting like what they think it means to be powerful or a warrior or a leader uh, when it's really just sad. It's It's just sad. And so... Uh, and we will all fall because that's just the way it is. Every high has a low. And now we're in a period of time where we have this extra layer of influence of cosmic rays and sun rays coming at us, doing things to us complete. I mean, so many things are happening to us without our awareness, right? There's the food, there's electromagnetic frequency. Now there's the stuff, you know, coming from space. There's all these things happening to us that we can't see or name that may be affecting how we feel or, or those around us might be affecting how they feel. Uh, you know, one of the things that just really breaks my heart is that there's this just rage at young men for not being more manly. But all these young men in Western culture have not been allowed to have the basic testosterone wash that they need in their bodies uh, especially in there's two there's one in utero and there's one at, in in puberty and they're they're not that's not happening because of all the things that are being 
done to them. And so it's like you're raging at children for being children who have been def- have been cheated from what we consider human normalcy and then you're raging at them because they're not acting like you want them to act. And so there's so many things happening that we can't see, we can't name, we can't understand. And that was sort of my whole point about grief. You cannot push off of grief until you can name it. But And you can name the overwhelming part of it. You know, there's so many things I can't control. There's a lot of grief around that. But there's all these other things that are happening that we can't name because we don't really know what's happening that are affecting us. And, you know, the flip side is, is a lot of people are running around thinking they're just going to magically ascend, you know, because they're they're part of some kind of special class that will, uh, you know, create higher consciousness and they, they'll be above all of this. They'll never be hungry. They'll never be hurt. They'll just magically be perfectly happy and joyful and living in the Garden of Eden. And, you know, we are, these are all defense mechanisms because there's so much we don't understand. And so I think one of the, the greatest gifts we can give to ourselves and in this process is uh, just this realization that we're being, I talked about it in a previous podcast, it's like being in a pinball machine, just being whacked up one side and down the other with no control, uh, you know, from cutting our finger and bleeding all over everything to listening to, you know, what's going on with the banking crisis and uh, with what's going on with the war and, you know, seeing the headlines about what's going on in this country. And then, you know, the dogs need to go out and pee. Nobody cares that I'm bleeding. Nobody cares that we're on the brink of whatever, you know, it, there's, we're being just back and forth, back and forth, left and right, up and down, you know, shaken and, and, you know, assaulted, in almost every way, shape, and form. And we're all going to react differently to that. We're all going to have a different experience through this. And pushing through it without relief is not going to work, okay? And the same way running away is not going to work, in the same way is that, you know, curling up in the fetal position is not going to work. And we're all going to have all three of those feelings at periods of time, but it's all going to be different. It's all going to be out of synchronization with each other. And it's really normal to rage at what others are doing and that you don't like in yourself. And so, you know, the wired for danger people are going to rage at the runaway freeze people and the freeze people are going to withdraw from the push people because it's too uncomfortable. And so we're just going to be in this huge mix mishmash of experiences that are going to continue to intensify and accelerate. And I think the worst part about all of this is how out of control it is because, uh, you know, I was really thinking about that, you know, like when you're being bombed with, cosmic rays. I mean, there's just nothing you can do about that. You don't, there's no like umbrella you can put up and walk around. Uh, You know, I'm having this panic thing with the food now, you know, they're going to be putting the mRNA spike proteins into the food. Like how do you function and not be able to eat? 
I'm, I'm noticing that the new boy dog is got a lot of hunting characteristics. Uh, she's really alert at anything that's moving. So I'm having this conversation like, okay, besides rabbits, what else will they be able to catch? Because they're going to be way better hunters than I am. That, you know, we're just moving into this period of time where there's just more and more and more and more and more and more out of our control. But at the same time, so the first thing is, is to really deep breath, step back and not get lost in the judgment and the condemnation and the anger and the rage at how everybody else is acting. Because you're, if you haven't got there at some point, your turn is probably coming. I mean, I don't know how you exist within this process and not have a lot of uh, reactivity to it. Now, maybe because I have a lot of reactivity on any day, I am being infinitely more affected by it than maybe somebody who is a freeze person or a, or a flight person. I don't know. I'm not surrounded by enough people. I know a lot of people don't want to pay attention. Uh, and those people are more likely flight freeze people. But it will be impossible to move through all of this without not having any reactions to some of it. And it's really overwhelming. So just remembering that it's going to be you, it's going to be others, just moving through these processes is not a lot we can do about. But the second thing I was reminded of, and there will come a time, I think, when life will just flow into this way of being much the way it was in the past, where you couldn't plan for everything, is that when you're in a real crisis, and this is what crisis people love about crisis, when you're in a real super hardcore crisis mode, or you're in war mode, or you're in a fight, that kind of stuff, everything goes out the window, and it's just you're in the flow of that moment. So like when I'm bleeding all over everything, uh, yeah, I'm having thoughts about, boy, it sure would be nice to have planned and gotten left-handed scissors, right? But the reality is, is that you become, you don't have to deal with the extraneous stuff because everything that you need to do is right there in front of you. Like you're in this flow moment that you don't have to deal with anything else. You don't have to think about anything else. You can put all your focus and tension into this immediate time that is now and that is flow. And I don't know how that is for non-Wire for Danger people. I know that for Wire for Danger people, that is our peak moment. That's when life feels good. That's when things are real. Uh, you know, I talk about it as the facade is dropped. Everybody's pretenses are dropped. Sorry, the boy dog has decided he needs to be petted. That um, That's a peak moment that we love. You can't live there but we love it when it is there. But I have this feeling that at some point enough is going to be stripped away from us and we're going to be so out of control with the things that we're trying to control under the guise of normalcy and preparation that eventually we're going to move into this flow mode that's going to be a lot like people lived when they were just hunter-gatherers. You just didn't know what was happening. You didn't have control over everything. You couldn't plan for everything. You couldn't check the weather every five minutes trying to make your adjustments like I am. Like, okay, there's no future. We just had a really cold uh, and windy, you know, 72 hours. So, uh, you know, I had to plan for that. So, there's nothing in the future, so I can take the stove down, right? All that's going to go out the window. And it's super stressful because we're so used to having all that information. But 
once you relax into it, it's kind of like going camping. There's just nothing you can do but what you can do. And there's 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 something to that, I think, that we're missing in the world today. And at some point, I think it's going to become more like that. So uh, I just wanted to kind of ramble with you because as much as I had a plan, uh, I've just been overwhelmed with everything happening and uh, not doing great with it because I am definitely overwhelmed with everything that's happening and uh, trying to figure out what I'm going to do and not feeling really good about my options or where I can go or what's going to happen and trying to make peace with that fact that I can't control any of it. Uh, I don't have any way to make exactly what I would like to have happen happen. And so, you know, we're going to all be having that experience probably at some point, you know, in the next chunk of time, whether it's the next week or the next 10 years, uh, we are in a state of rapid, massive change that that is going to be different for all of us. And so uh, those are just my thoughts about that, is that there's a lot of influences that are affecting us mentally and emotionally and physically. And so uh, it's easy to sit in judgment of everybody else, but careful because that will come to bite you in the butt. And two, it may be that once we get into the flow of it, it will just be easier because then you would just like I had to, I just had to find something to stop the bleeding. And I actually, I don't like it when I'm bleeding, but I actually really like it when life moves into the simplicity of just what you have to get done. All this other stuff is exhausting. So we will see. Maybe I'll be wrong. Who knows? I'm always open to that. So deep breath, my friends. The dogs are rising from their temporary sleeping state. And with that, I will see you next time.